Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf and this episode about the seminal book, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Keep listening to find out the meaning of life. You're listening to Steph's Business Bookshelf, doing the reading so you don't have to. Welcome back. I was a little bit nervous about this book because it's such an important book that I was really conscious about getting it right and doing it justice. But I know that it's also a book that many people will take very different meanings and inspiration and and advice or life advice from because there's there's just so much in there and it's such an important read I think as a 20th century book and one that is out or born out of one of the biggest or greatest atrocities of certainly modern times and certainly the 20th century out of the Holocaust and, and World War II. Now just a quick note in case you are listening to this with some small or young ears around you there will be a couple of mentions of some of the things in the book because I don't know if you can really talk about the book without going into some of that but if you are listening to with anyone who is more sensitive then you may want to put some headphones in or listen at a later time. Now whilst this book is being covered as part of Autobiography August it's it's part autobiography part typical kind of non-fiction psychology book because half the book is about his experience in during World War II and, and in a couple of the concentration camps and the second half of the book or part two of the book is about his psychotherapy work or psychology work that he did after his time in the concentration camps once he was liberated. So I'm going to be covering elements of both parts of the book in this episode and the lessons that we can take from from both parts of, of the stories that he told and the examples he gave both from his time in the concentration camps and his work with patients and clients after in his professional career. Now, if you haven't heard of the book, if you haven't heard of the author, I'm going to give you a little bit more background right now. Psychiatrist Viktor Frankl's memoir has riveted generations of readers with its descriptions of life in Nazi death camps and its lessons for spiritual survival. Between 1942 and 1945, Frankl laboured in four different camps, including Auschwitz, whilst his parents, brother and pregnant wife perished. Based on his own experience and the experiences of others he treated later in his practice, Frankel argues that we cannot avoid suffering, but we can choose how to cope with it, find meaning in it, and move forward with renewed purpose. Frankel's theory, known as logotherapy, from the Greek word logos, which is meaning, holds that our primary drive in life is not pleasure, as Freud maintained, but the discovery and pursuit of what we personally find meaningful. At the time of Frankl's death in 1997, Man's Search for Meaning had sold more than 10 million copies in 24 languages. A 1991 survey for the Library of Congress that asked readers to name a book that made a difference in your life found Man's Search for Meaning among the 10 most influential books in America. A little bit about the author. Viktor Frankl was a professor of neurology and psychiatry at the University of Vienna Medical School until his death in 1997. He was the founder of what has become to be called the third Viennese school of psychotherapy after Freud's psychoanalysis and Adler's individual psychology, the School of Logotherapy. Born in 1905, Frankel received degrees of Doctor of Medicine and Doctor of Philosophy from the University of Vienna. And during World War II, he spent three years at Auschwitz, Dachau and other concentration camps. He was a visiting professor at Harvard and other universities in the US. Honorary degrees have been conferred upon him and he was a guest lecturer at universities over the world and made 51 lecture tours during the throughout the United States alone. 
Both of those book blurbs were taken from Amazon and they're all in the show notes if you want to refer back to them. Let's get in then to the three big ideas taken from the book Man's Search for Meaning by Dr. Victor Frankl. Big idea number one is to choose your attitude. It goes without saying that the work camp conditions in the concentration camps were horrendous and and he was in the the working camp. So the the things they had to do around digging railway lines, really dangerous work with limited tools, none none of the right equipment or certainly none of the right clothing. They were just in in rags and things that were really thrown together and, and a lot of the time had been taken from people who hadn't survived and were obviously well worn completely insufficient for the work they're doing the violence obviously that was seen and, and experienced the death that was on a it was a, just a daily occurrence and the, the things people did to survive were pretty unimaginable and the things people did like the things humans did to other humans just because of where they were born or the the culture that they're in or religion that they were part of is is mind-blowing Despite that, and despite the conditions that everyone was subjected to, Victor talks about some of the amazing acts of kindness from one of the guards who took a bit of a shine or a little bit of a like to Victor Frankl and would, when he was dishing out the, the soup, and by soup it's pretty much just water with an, an, element, an essence of you know, some vegetables or some stock in, it's incredibly thin and watery, it's certainly not sustenance. He would scoop the, the ladle further down the, the urn and pick out a few peas of the few peas that were in there so that Victor would get a little bit of extra sustenance from, from the soup. Or someone sharing their tiny last bit of bread that they had, and again, not from, a, not from half a loaf that they were issued, from the tiny scraps of food that they were given in the first place. And at a point, given the work they were doing, given the conditions they were living in, where any bit of food or any lack of food could make the difference between life and death. He talks about the fact that there's an an incredible quote, quote in the book that is, everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. He goes on and talks about that between a stimulus and a response there is space, and it's our choice on how we use that space and how we react to situations. And there are days that were harder and there were days where he was very unhappy or grumpy and, and well, clearly because of what was going on, but he still chose to help other people when they came to him. There was another important point around this idea of choosing your attitude, around the idea of struggling and whether struggling is inevitable. And he, he talks about that suffering and struggling is inevitable in, in, and is unavoidable in, in life. He says, if it were avoidable, however, the meaningful thing to do would be to remove the cause, be it psychological, biological or political. To suffer unnecessarily is masochistic rather than heroic. And that just it sort of made me smile because there's there are lots of people that you probably know, I've certainly known or do know, who tend to try and suffer for the, for the sake of it. And I thought, if this guy is saying that to suffer unnecessarily is masochistic rather than heroic, then I think we should probably listen to him because there is no need for us to be doing that to ourselves. He also says that there in no way is suffering necessary to find meaning, but meaning is possible in spite of suffering, which we'll come on to later in in one of the other big ideas. But I just love that point as well, is in no way is suffering necessary to find meaning, but meaning is possible in spite of suffering, which comes this, this greater point around choosing your attitude, understanding that even if you are suffering, you can find meaning from that but there is no need to choose to suffer unnecessarily. 
that we can be in the worst of situations, and he certainly was in the worst of situations, but we can still choose because we still have, that is the, the, the last freedom that we have is how we respond, how we choose to show up and our own way of being, responding, treating other people. That is still our choice. It reminds me of the idea of that your, your experience may explain what you do, but it doesn't excuse what you do. So just because something bad has happened to you, it explains maybe why you react in a certain way or why certain things upset you, but it doesn't excuse the, the behavior or certainly the bad behavior that can come with that. Anyway, so that's big idea number one, choose your attitude with a sub point of no matter how bad things get. Big idea number two, focus on the future. It was a real theme and one of the things that Victor worked on or noticed through the through his experience in the camps was the men who couldn't see past their imprisonment, they started to, to decay. He talked about this idea of them decaying both physically and emotionally, spiritually, mentally. They lived a provisional existence. They had no future, they had no goals, they just sort of gave up. There was an interesting correlation that the death rate between Christmas and New Year was higher as people told themselves they would be out by Christmas and obviously when they realized that they weren't going to be because Christmas came and went, they gave up, they lost hope and they, they died because they had just given up and it was that, that psychological, that mental thing that they were holding on to that was really just keeping them going. This really led to Frankel's work on logotherapy being very future focused. It's the Greek for meaning, so it's about finding that meaning in what's going to happen next or the future and holding on to those things that will, will get you through and will help you see the meaning in what you're doing. For him, it was the idea of being reunited with his wife. Obviously, throughout the, his experience in the camps, he didn't know that his wife had, had sadly died. He talks about how love goes beyond the physical person. He, was, he loved the idea of his wife and this kind of hope that he had to be reunited with her and, and obviously the rest of his family. He also was recreating his work. He had taken his manuscript with him that he'd been he'd been working on. He managed to get it as far as get, getting it to the camp. But then, when his clothes were taken away, which had his his manuscript tucked into the in the lining of his coat, that was obviously was lost as well. So what he he did was when he ever he found tiny scraps of paper, and this was something that was not not allowed in any way, shape, or form. But he would sometimes find little scraps of paper and would start to recreate the manuscript in these little torn off shreds of paper. He didn't obviously complete it, but it, it gave him something to work on. It gave him something to think about and do and think about how he was going to use that, obviously, to help people after getting out of the camps. There was also an interesting thing around the how people noticed the physical, natural beauty of things and how it was so heightened given what they had had taken away from them, which comes back to this point on that, that focus on the future and being able to see those things again. When they were transported between the camps on, on the trains and even and to the camps originally, he, they, were, they were all packed into these carriages and they had these little slithers of, of, of light that they could see through, but they were tiny and people would crowd around and try and get a little tiny glimpse of the outside and particularly as they were going through that European countryside and seeing some of the, the natural beauty. They were just awestruck and would all of them that could see it would just salivate over the, the freedom and that beauty that they, they could see and and use that to motivate them to think about getting back into that at some point in the future. 
Similarly, and this probably links as well to, to big idea number one around choosing the attitude and that focus, but also definitely focusing on the future. When Frankel and, and many others were transferred out of Auschwitz, they were they had no idea where they were being taken. They didn't, but they already knew the stories of some of the other camps and which ones were better or worse than others. And they got to a point where they were about to cross a train bridge and they knew if they went right, they'd go to one camp, and if they went left, they'd go to another camp. And one was almost certain death because it was pretty much just gas chambers there and no one stayed there very long. But the other one had no ovens, no gas chambers. And when the train went in the right direction towards the good one, there was just this elation. There was this extra bit of hope. They were like, right, we're going to get through this one. We're only going to Takao, which doesn't, there's no ovens there. And people were, people were shouting, there's no ovens at Takao, there's no ovens there. So it just shows this ability to, to find the, the hope and the positivity, even in the worst of situations, because they knew it could be worse. They could be going to the camp that was pretty much certain death. In his work after the concentration camps and after he was freed and was back working with clients again, he would focus on the future. He would focus on the future of them, of people who were suffering from really quite severe psychotic problems or emotional problems or depression, etc. He would focus on the future and giving them that hope back, giving them something to, to take meaning from. Which brings us to the third big idea. But that's wrapping up big idea number two. Cheers, a focus on the future. All right, big idea number three is the meaning of life. And he talks about it like this. I'm not just, I'm not just hyping up. He talks about this as the meaning of life. He talks about that if your meaning is unknown, that you, this is where the existential crisis happens. And we know this, we've, all, we've probably all had that in some way, shape or form, maybe on a weekly basis sometimes, but also at different phases of our lives. And he certainly talks about that in the different phases that people go through in terms of, you know, parents whose kids leave home and, and they, they don't have that physical almost representation of them as parents anymore. Whilst they're obviously still parents, it's obviously a very different dynamic to when their children are little and helping people through that. It's people who have lost a loved one or certainly some people who have lost a partner who they've been with for a long time. When we don't have that meaning, we, we don't know who we are. We don't know what we stand for, what, we, what our meaning is. According to logotherapy, so the, coming back to this meaning of life, according to logotherapy, which is Frankel's theory, we can discover the meaning of life in three different ways. Number one, by creating a work or doing a deed. So this is an achievement-based meaning of life. Number two, by experiencing something or encountering someone. So it's about having or seeing the goodness, the truth and the beauty of, of the world or in other people. And number three, by the attitude we take towards avoidable suffering which is about ceasing to suffer if our suffering has meaning. Now, the first one's pretty obvious by you know, our meaning of life. If we create a work or do a deed, we've achieved something, we kind of, we kind of all understand that. Number two, we experience something or encounter someone, maybe the goodness, the truth, or the beauty of that person or that situation or that place gives us or makes us see that this is the meaning of life. It's through other people or through, through nature. But that third one, the attitude we take towards unavoidable suffering, was a little bit harder and, and by reading some of the examples in the book I found it, it made a bit more sense. So the one that did it for me was a, a man who had, had lost his wife and they'd been together a long time. He was an old man and he was in a, a deep depression because he didn't know who he was without her and, and obviously was, was you know, grieving. And when he saw Viktor Frankl, Viktor put it in, a, in the context of your suffering is stopping her suffering because you lost her first rather than vice versa. 
So she, you're taking the suffering for her because otherwise she would be going through this about you. And it was that, that just that flip and that different perspective of actually the person I love that I miss so much, I am, I'm suffering now so that they didn't have to. And for him, that just made this, this huge difference in his perspective of how he was feeling. Now, he didn't skip and jump, I, don't, I wouldn't have imagined, out of, the, uh, out of the consulting room. But it was just that, that different perspective that allowed him to, to put his suffering into context, to put it in a meaningful, put it in a meaningful place for him and to, to be able to move on to an extent and to hold it in a different way. There's another quote in the book around the meaning of life that I'm just going to read out because I couldn't do it justice by paraphrasing it. He said, we need to stop asking about the meaning of life and instead to think of ourselves as those who are being questioned by life daily and hourly. Our answer must consist not in talk and meditation, but in the right action and the right conduct. Life ultimately means taking the responsibility to find the right answer to the problems and to fulfill the tasks which it constantly sets for each individual. So if we see our meaning, and there's so many, so much you could read into that. So I'll, I'll put that in the show notes as well. So much to read into that. And, and I think if we see that as our meaning in life is to respond to life and to respond to what throws it throws at us and to think, okay, this is, this is what life has for me at the moment. So this is what I'm going to do. This is what it means is to, to get through this, to choose the conduct. And this is a, definitely a theme of his work around choosing your actions and your, your mindset. And then taking the responsibility to, to fulfilling those tasks that life has set for us. So there we go. Big idea number three, the meaning of life. I feel like this should be the end of the podcast completely. No, that's it. I've finished. <laughs> 86 episodes in. We've covered the meaning of life. There is no more to do. Sorry. But don't worry. I'll be back next week. All right. Just as a refresher, here are the three big ideas from the book, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Number one, choose your attitude. Number two, focus on the future. And number three, the meaning of life. There are a couple of other books that this book, this book really reminded me of, or were certainly, I think, have been influenced by. Number one was The Courage to Be Disliked, which I mentioned earlier, which was episode five of the podcast. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. You can go and listen to that. Also, the book Strive by Dr. Adam Fraser, which is all about this idea of struggle, which I covered quite recently, or the idea of struggle and, and finding meaning in life through fulfillment and how we need the right amount of struggle to be able to, to have some kind of meaning in our lives and purpose. And then the other one was The Happiness Trap by Russ Harris, which, which also follows some of these ideas too. So I'd recommend listening to those or reading those books if you are interested in more on this type of topic. Links to all of those are in the show notes. You can quickly flick to those and listen to them after this. And obviously one of the most famous phrases from Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning is he who has a why can endure anyhow. And they might just leave us with that. So he who has a why can endure anyhow. And that really came out of if you have that purpose, if you have that meaning, you can endure any of the struggling and the suffering that life throws at you because it is all for that purpose. So with that, I'll wrap up there. If you've read the book, I'd love to hear what your takeaways were. It's definitely one to go and reread and, and it's one to, to read slowly and to absorb. If you have done that, so if you've reread it, if it's one that you read on a regular basis, I'd love to hear from you. If that is the case, contact details as usual are in the show notes. But otherwise, until next time, happy reading. <laughs>